you want to know what's happening on God's prophetic calendar, watch Israel closely and what other nations do towards her. All things are lining up for the final cataclysmic events predicted by the prophets and by Jesus himself. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. The place to watch as end-time prophecy unfolds is the land of Israel. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us. Today, we're continuing our series, Israel, God's Timepiece. As Bible prophecy is being fulfilled all around us, it's important to remember that the focus of end-time prophecy is the land of Israel. The Bible predicts that Israel will be the focal point of the entire world as the return of Christ draws near. And we are certainly seeing this happen right before our very eyes. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share the message, Jesus, the Indisputable Prophet. The tribulation he's referring to is the destruction of Jerusalem and of the temple. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, The stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now stay with me, because I know what you're thinking. Many people have stumbled over verses 29 and 30, where Jesus uses the word immediately. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, you're going to see these signs in the heavens and so on and so forth. Because he goes on to predict the sun being darkened, the moon not giving light, the stars falling from heaven. And right after that, the Son of Man returning. So you say, well, wait a minute, Jeff. How can that happen immediately after the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple because it would have already all taken place, right? A long time ago. Because Jesus said, immediately. So nod with me if you're with me. Okay? That's thrown a lot of people. First, we need to understand that in verse 29, Jesus is using apocalyptic language, as did many of the prophets of the Old Testament. One commentator writes, The words reproduce the imagery in which Isaiah had described the day of the Lord's judgment upon Babylon and may naturally receive the same symbolic interpretation. Now notice he refers to Isaiah 13.10. Let's read that verse and tell me if it doesn't sound like what Jesus predicted. Isaiah 13.10 reads, The stars of heaven and their constellations will not show their light. The rising sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. Does that not sound exactly like what Jesus said, or at least very, very similar? All right. This is apocalyptic imagery. 
It's not necessarily to be taken literally, but to express the impact of cataclysmic events that will shake the earth before Christ's return. The example there in Isaiah is only one of many where prophets used apocalyptic imagery to let us know that something really heavy, really cataclysmic was coming. And many believe that's what Jesus was doing. And I happen to believe that. All right? Now, in verse 30, where Jesus uses the word immediately, I turn to another Bible commentator who writes this, quote, how are we to explain the fact that already more than 20 centuries have rolled away and the promise of his coming still tarries when Jesus said immediately? It's a partial answer to the question to say that God's measurements of time are not as man's and that with him a thousand years are as one day. See, God doesn't dwell in time. Are you with me? He doesn't say, boy, I'm bored. Time is going slow. Or he doesn't say, I can't believe how fast the years are going by. Because God doesn't dwell in years or months or days or time. He dwells in an eternal present tense. So that Peter was able to say, hey, with the Lord, a thousand years are as one day and one day as a thousand years. You, you may feel like it's been a long time since Jesus went back into heaven. And now we're 21 centuries past his resurrection and ascension back into glory? Why is it taking so long? But to God, a thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. The word immediately, therefore, merely signifies a time break between what Jesus just predicted, the signs leading up to the destruction of Jerusalem, and then way down the tunnel of time, to our day, to the cataclysmic events that would take place leading up to his visible, literal return to earth. It's just that simple. Now again, let's notice that most everything he says revolves around Israel. If you want to know what's happening in the prophetic arena, you need to keep your eye peeled on Israel. And believe me, there's a lot to follow every single day. Now, as we noted last time, the prophets all pointed to the relevance that Israel will hold throughout history, but especially in the last days. And I believe, folks, that we're in the last of the last days. Let me tell you something about the last days. When that phrase, the last days, didn't kick in in the 20th century. The last days refers to the time following Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection all the way up to now, that's the last days. The last days are the final days when Christ has been crucified, buried, resurrected, and ascended back into glory. That began the last days. Are you aware of that? The last days is something tossed around a whole lot in our time. But we've been in the last days for 21 centuries. But you know where I believe we are right now? In the last of the last days. Boy, you guys are thinking tonight. I can feel it. Well, Pastor Jeff, I, I was always told we were the last days. No, the last days began when Jesus rose from the dead. And I could prove that to you if I had more time. But many of the times that the apostles used the phrase the last days, well, they were talking about their time as well as ours. They knew they were in the last days. Didn't the writer of Hebrews say, in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son? Didn't he say that? In these last days, well, he was in the first century, but he said in these last days, God has spoken to us through his son. 
So all this time has been the last days. But I believe when Israel became a nation again, as we're going to see tonight, because Ezekiel is going to use the phrase last days as well, when Israel became a nation again, we went into, I believe, the last of the last days, hourglass was turned upside down. Let's move on. Zechariah 12, verses 2 and 3, talking about the last days, Zechariah predicts, I will make Jerusalem and Judah like a cup of poison to all the nearby nations that send their armies to surround Jerusalem. Jerusalem will be a heavy stone burdening the world. Is that not amazing? Doesn't that just give you holy ghost bumps? Because even today, right now as I speak, is Israel not burdening the world? Hello, everybody. Israel is burdening the world. It's all that's in the news right now. And though all the nations of the earth unite in an attempt to move her, read the last few words with me, they will all be crushed. Now that prophecy from Zechariah is going to be confirmed by Ezekiel. Let me show you. As we draw closer to the return of Christ, Israel will continue to figure ever more prominently in world events. One Bible prophecy yet to be fulfilled has Israel at the very epicenter of world events, and we find it in Ezekiel. In Ezekiel 38, 39, you ought to read those two chapters when you go home tonight. In Ezekiel 38, 39, those two chapters, the Bible warns of a coming war between guess who? Read it with me. Who? Iran. Is Iran in the news? Ezekiel says there's going to be a war between Iran and Israel. It's going to take place sometime after Israel has been regathered into her land as a nation. And again, that was fulfilled in 48. Now, this prophetic war has never yet taken place. I want you to really get this. There has never been the kind of war with the players involved that we're about to read about. It has never happened in history anywhere. It's yet to be fulfilled. This war that Ezekiel predicts will be unlike any other war in history. This war is going to unleash a series of irreversible events that will change the world forever. God has set aside two whole chapters in the Bible to warn mankind of this coming war. So since God took two chapters to give it to us, shouldn't we understand it? Ezekiel shows that no nation will stand with Israel when she's attacked in a way that we're going to look at in just a moment. For when this coming war does finally start, the United States will be either unwilling or unable to help Israel defend herself. We see no one in Ezekiel's prophecy coming to Israel's defense but God. Now, even though the Bible warns the invading armies will be ultimately destroyed by God himself, it will be a devastating war for both Israel and the whole world. Bible scholars are divided as to whether this coming war is part of the prophetic battle of Armageddon or will just precede Armageddon, sort of be the fuse to ignite Armageddon in order to prepare a path for the Antichrist who will enforce a peace plan upon Israel. Will it give the Antichrist, this war, the opportunity to step into chaos and enforce a seven-year peace treaty as we understand from the book of Revelation and from Daniel? And that seven-year peace treaty will trigger the final prophetic seven-year period of time 
which God has set aside for Israel in the world called the apocalypse. Now, whether or not this Ezekiel war is the fuse to Armageddon or it kind of stands alone, it is yet to happen. And as you're about to see, all the players that Ezekiel identifies are in line and in place as enemies hostile to Israel right now. Let's read some of Ezekiel's prophecy. Ezekiel 38, 1 through 9. Now, before I read it, let me just forewarn you. He's going to name some nations that you're not going to recognize at all. But I'm going to show you who these nations are now in modern times. So if you don't understand the name, don't let it throw you. You'll understand more in a moment. He says, Now the word of the Lord, says Ezekiel, came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against him and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. I will turn you around, put hooks into your jaws, and lead you out with all your army, horses and horsemen, all splendidly clothed, a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia, Libya are with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all its troops, the house of Togarma from the far north and all its troops, many people are with you. Prepare yourself and be ready, you and all your companies that are gathered about you, and be a guard for them. Now look what he says in verse 8, after many days you will be visited. Then when does he say? In the latter years. You will come into the land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel. So here he's identifying Israel having been restored as a nation. In the latter years, Israel, which had long been desolate, they were brought out of the nations and now all of them dwell safely. So he is identifying an enemy in the latter years who will come down against Israel after she has been restored as a nation. That's now. He said, you will ascend, coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud. You and all your troops and many peoples with you. Now, the nations Ezekiel names are these. Let me just bring it home to you to modern times. Gog, Magog, Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal point to Russia, which Ezekiel further identifies as the land of the uttermost north. Look what he says in verse 15 of chapter 38, then you will come from your place out of the far north. King James says the uttermost north. There's only one landmass of the uttermost north on our globe, and that is Russia. Then he names Persia, which includes the landmass of what is now modern-day Iran, Iraq, and Afghanistan. Then Ethiopia, which is today's Ethiopia, and the Sudan. Next is Libya, which is still Libya. Then we have Gomer, which includes today's Eastern Europe, and Togarma, which comprises Southeastern Europe, including Turkey. And notice he didn't give us an exhaustive list. He gave us some of them, but then at the end he tags it with, and many peoples with you will descend like a cloud upon Israel. That will then be at the very center of the world's attention. Now, folks, let me just stop right here and tell you. 
Here's what Ezekiel is saying. He said, the Lord spoke to me. He came to me and said, here's what I want you to write. He said, in the latter years, when my people have been brought back from many nations, they've become a nation again. I am going to speak to the heart of Gog and Magog. This war has sometimes been called the, the Gog-Magog war. Some have called it the Ezekiel war. Some have called it the fused to Armageddon war. But whatever it is, he said, I'm going to speak to Gog and Magog. I'm going to put hooks in their jaw. And they are going to have many allies with them. And those allies are right now rabidly Islamic, haters of Israel. They want Israel wiped off the map. I find it very interesting that he identifies first right out of the chute after Russia, Persia, which is Iran, and Iraq, and Afghanistan. What is Iran saying all the time? Look at the power of Bible prophecy. What's Iran saying all the time? I want to vaporize Israel. We want the bombs so we can take them off the map. We don't want a two-state solution. Hello, church. There is no two-state solution. They don't want to live happily ever after, next-door neighbors of the Jewish people. They want Israel taken off the map. They have said so. Here you've got Ezekiel, centuries before Christ, seeing millennia down the road and saying, I see a regathered Israel, and I see a huge conglomeration, a huge attack from Russia, from Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, Turkey, Europe. They will come down like a cloud upon my people. Would you be real surprised if you were to wake up tomorrow morning and read that this happened or turn on the TV and see that this happened? No. I can easily conceptualize it now. But 30 years ago, we couldn't. But we can now. Now, I want you to think about something with me here. Even a hundred years ago, this prophecy would have seemed impossible. There was no nation of Israel a hundred years ago, and there was no Palestinian nation. That is a myth. I want you to say with me, the whole notion of a Palestinian nation is a myth. It was a myth. It wasn't there. The actual truth is, Israel was sparsely populated with a few nomadic people, some Arabs, a smattering of Jews, and that was it. The land of Israel, a hundred years ago, was undeveloped, filled with swamps and marshes and uncultivated land. Of all the real estate in the world, it was certainly the least coveted. But now, folks, Israel is filled with lush plains and green valleys. It's a nation again. It's a nuclear power. It possesses one of the most feared militaries in the world. It's a thriving democracy and national and international success story. Not only success story, but phenomenon. And as Ezekiel predicted, it is surrounded by hostile nations, all identified by Ezekiel, who want her utterly destroyed. Can you believe this? Can you believe what we're looking, seeing, fulfilled right in front of our eyes? Now you say, well, Jeff, what's going to happen when these nations descend upon little bitty Israel that's not even the size of New Jersey? You got Russia, Iran, Iraq, most of Europe coming down against little bitty Israel to wipe her out. What's going to happen? Well, 
Though no nation stands with her, not even America, I am sad to say. This is what Bible prophecy tells us. Though no nation stands with her, God does. And if God be for her, who can be against her? Let me read to you what the Bible says. In Ezekiel 39, the Bible goes on to warn the invading armies will be utterly destroyed by God. Ezekiel 39 also hints that this coming war may go nuclear because Israel will wait months to enter the battlefield after the battle. They will, quote, set apart men regularly employed, professionals, to bury the dead And later, if a bone is spotted, it's to be marked for the professionals to bury. So these are exactly the same procedures. Going out, waiting months before you go and bury the bodies because of radioactivity. And I find it interesting, I really do, what is the whole issue with Iran? They want nuclear power. And they don't need nuclear power for power because they're loaded with oil. Why do they want nuclear power? We all know why. They want the bomb. And they should not be given even a sliver of an open door to get it. But, you know, God's word is going to be true no matter what. And when you read Ezekiel 39, you can't get away from the fact that it sounds very, very nuclear. Zechariah describes it like this. Zechariah says, and I know this is kind of gross, but I'm just quoting the Bible. He says, their eyes will burn out of their head and their tongue out of their mouth while they stand on their feet. That's nuclear. He saw it. Now, these procedures of finding the dead bodies and burying them later, and if you find a bone, marking it, and having professionals come and get it, these are exactly the same procedures that are now found in our military, nuclear, biological, chemical, battlefield cleanup manuals today. The aftermath of this invasion will be very, very gruesome. Now, the bottom line is this. If you want to know what's happening on God's prophetic calendar, watch Israel closely and what other nations do towards her, including ours. All things are lining up for the final cataclysmic events predicted by the prophets and by Jesus himself. So as Paul wrote, we live in perilous times, but God has everything under control. Well, I trust you're being blessed as we look at the incredible prophecies in the most amazing book in the world, the Holy Bible. Now, don't go anywhere. Our announcer has some important things to share with you, as well as information on how you can obtain a copy of today's message or of the entire series, Israel, God's Timepiece. And be sure to join us next time for the message entitled, The Coming Invasion of Israel. And until then, may God richly bless you. Now, here's our announcer. you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home, your car, or wherever you may be to lead you on the exciting journey of building up your Christian walk in faith, hope, and love. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. You will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. 
So call now, toll-free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night, to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. Jesus, the indisputable prophet, continued, is the second message of Pastor Jeff's series, Israel, God's Timepiece. You can own a copy of this four-CD set for just $20 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Israel, God's Timepiece, for only $20 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free 877-884-3111 for more information. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.